Hello, and welcome to Native Awakenings. Here at Native Awakenings, we've provided a safe space to share heritage, techniques, meditations, and conversations, all to help increase our sense of awareness. As we are more aware of who we are, we can discover all of our unique and beautiful purposes. Personally for me, I aspire that presence is always my purpose. Today, we're going to be talking about people-pleasing. You may be asking yourself, why? We've been talking about so many beautiful meditations, channelings, prayers, symbols, so many wonderful and beautiful things that help increase and expand our sense of awareness. People-pleasing tends to narrow our sense of awareness and focus and tends to portray a less-than-authentic vibration that emits from us, so why talk about it? In this podcast, I've been talking about a lot of topics that I'm really good at. Meditations, channeling, energy practices. These are realms and worlds in which I really enjoy playing in. However, I haven't been talking as much about the areas in my life which I struggle. So today, I'd like to change that, and I'd like to begin to speak on areas that I'm currently working on, and hopefully if any of you are listening have been people pleasers or currently struggle from people pleasing, I believe that there are going to be some great takeaways for you. So as we begin, let's kind of define what my definition of people pleasing is. When I'm in a people pleasing vibration, I am more focused on the individual that I am with than my own sovereign being. I'm so very, very attached and invested in their happiness that I will do so much to help that come to fruition. It sounds innocent. It sounds like, oh, shouldn't we all be people pleasers? Shouldn't we all be devoting focus and attention and awareness to other people? And it's a debatable question. I believe sometimes it's very helpful to devote our full energy to actually be invested in their happiness. The problem with people-pleasing is that it begins with the assumption that we know the quality, the action, the item that will bring this person happiness. And that's a very dangerous assumption because assumptions are often incorrect. If we have an intuitive feeling, if we've talked to our guides and talked to their guides, if we have sort of a spiritual inclination, I believe that there could be an opening to have a different conversation. However, I've observed myself to be more logical when I'm in my people-pleasing. I believe that this person wants, let's say, $20. They want $20. I have $20. If I give them $20, certainly that will make them happy. That's kind of the logic that my brain undergoes when I'm people-pleasing. I tend to believe that I have the answer to their solution, and that's actually a very dangerous place to be. When I look back on my life and when I have been in that people-pleasing role, I've often observed that the end result is harmful to not only myself, but to the individual as well because it portrays a less than authentic version of ourselves. I, I'm speaking publicly here. This is going out into the world. It's not the funnest thing to admit, 
that I'm not authentic all the time, but honestly, it's true. I wish I was, and I'm moving more in that direction. But when I'm in that people-pleasing modality philosophy, I'm actually not being authentically myself. So why are we talking about this? How is it going to be helpful? Sometimes by understanding and noticing what we are doing and how our actions affect others, it opens the opportunity and the doorway for us to begin modifying and changing our behavior. So simply by allowing yourself to begin to meditate on the philosophy of people-pleasing is actually asserting our way rather than respecting the quote-unquote way, the Tao, the flow of the universe. And who among us believes that we know more than the universe? I certainly don't. Yet, however, my actions sometimes portray that I do when I believe that someone's happiness is more paramount than the ability to be truthful, authentic, and honest. So first off, that philosophy really, really helped me in beginning to understand that people-pleasing actually isn't the greatest thing to do. We've now discussed what people-pleasing is, but how did people-pleasing come to be? Why do we feel this urge to be the solution to the problem? My hypothesis or theory behind this stems back at least personally to my own childhood. I really wanted my friends to be having a good time, my family to have a good time, and I knew that I could do certain things to help facilitate this experience. And as I got positive reinforcement for being a shapeshifter, for changing myself, and for uplifting the vibration of others, I began to unconsciously do this again and again, And again, that's how I continued and developed on the path of people-pleasing. It stood out for me from there. And as we've now talked about what people-pleasing is, how one can become a people-pleaser, how about we talk a bit for a while about how to move away from people-pleasing? What advice would I give? With complete transparency, I honestly still struggle with this. I am not at all past this. (laughs) I've tried many, many times, but perhaps this is my lesson to learn. So what I am doing currently is, I think, I think if people-pleasing originated from my childhood, what energetic center of my body correlates to my childhood. Immediately I think of my root chakra or my sacral. Um, Those are two areas of connectivity, of creativity, and also grounding. And if you've noticed children, they're awfully creative, they're very present, and they're very, very connected to their experience, even if that's imaginative. So as we found the energetic location of the inner child, I began to do a practice of connecting my past self, my past child that wanted to people please, that wanted to all of my friends to get along, that wanted everyone to have a good time, and bringing that into the present moment to see that that's actually not my responsibility. I'm not the universe. I am, however, responsible for how I feel in the present moment. So we have the sacral, 
but we also have our sacrum. So what I was doing was I created a diamond with my hands, my thumbs touching, my fingertips, index fingers touching, and I put them very close to my sacral. So if I'm demonstrating this practice, my thumbs would be underneath my belly button and my index fingers would almost be touching my pelvis. This is me connecting to the current urge to suggest something to people please or to do something to please my friends in the environment or my employers or whatever have you. It connects me to the present moment, the present sense of creativity within my body. How can I create happiness for someone else? As I've connected to that space, I then drag my hands horizontally to my hips. So the diamond opens and my hands are now almost on the sides of my hips. I continue sliding them back until they're right above my glutes and almost on my tailbone. I call this practice connecting my inner child with my past child and seeing and opening lines of communication to tell my past child, hey, we don't have to people please, we don't have to do things we don't want to do, and bringing that gratitude from the past child of not having to people please into the present. My inhale begins at my sacral, the front of my body, my thumbs underneath my belly button. And as I exhale, I drag my hands across my waist, across my hips, until my hands are on my tailbone. The back of the body represents our past. So by connecting my present inner child to my past inner child, I'm able to bring the wisdom of today, of right here, of right now, and of creativity as I'm stimulating the sacral chakra, Svaditsthan, and connecting to myself. By manual stimulation, by physical pressure, that helps bring my awareness to the energetic center of my sacral. And as I'm connected to my sacral, that connection becomes paramount, the connection to self rather than the connection to other. Now, of course, if someone approaches us on the street and asks us to do something and we want to do something, I understand it would be very difficult to say, hold up, wait a second, let me place my hands on my sacral and drag them around to my sacrum and let me see how I feel. This practice is not the easiest to do in the direct experience of someone requesting something from us. I will admit that. However, by doing this practice on a daily or bi-daily routine, I'm able to connect that inner child with my inner creativity. I'm able to connect to what this version of myself wants rather than have a focus on what other wants. And of course, this isn't to shame people that ask us for things. I think it's an incredible gift and talent to be able to speak on our worth. This is not a practice to shame those that have asked for things that are difficult for us to respond to. And this is also not a pass at degrading ourselves or complaining about ourselves to ourselves to say, I shouldn't be a people pleaser, I should be better. No, this practice is really reminding us that we are connected to ourself rather than connected to the wants and desires of someone else with compassion and with love. So as this podcast nears its end, 
I encourage you to attempt to stimulate your sacral, the front of your body, and your sacrum. And I believe that by continuing to invest time, energy, and space into connecting to yourself, you will begin to value yourself so much more as I have begun to value myself. And with that valuing comes the boundaries and the capabilities of saying no. When I researched and invested time and resources into learning how to eradicate my people-pleasing, that was kind of the first arena for me to explore. And it was difficult. You need to create boundaries, Greg. You need to say no more. That was difficult for me to do, and it still is difficult for me to do. But what's a little bit easier is establishing a connection to myself so that I can understand what I really want. And when I understand what I really want, it then becomes easier to say no to things that I don't want. I hope this podcast has been helpful. It's the first podcast of this type before. Yes, we did throw an energy technique in there, and I hope that you do use it. But thank you for creating space for me to share areas of my life where I'm actually not that great at, but I'm developing at. So I appreciate your time. Thank you for witnessing me. The spirit animating my body honors, values, appreciates, respects, and unconditionally loves the spirit animating your body. Aho matakwe Ashe namaste inyai.